It's been more than a year since we've uh, recorded an episode for the community podcast on Off Center. Um, for several reasons, uh, a lot of them rooted in uh, my my own private life and in our private life. Because today I'm not alone anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> uh, I'm joined by Hilde. Uh, my good friend who's uh, become a part of the team back in May um, and uh, which I'm very happy about because for quite a long time now I've been feeling like it would be great to have a second mind um, joining the, this endeavor and at the same time I kind of struggled finding somebody fitting And then uh, when we took a walk together one day, uh, you proposed it to me. I proposed to, actually <laughs> I proposed to yeah. co like edit your podcast. <laughs> exactly. And then I felt, no, you're not going to edit my podcast. If anything, then you're going to join the team. Um, which uh, felt, I think, very easy for you to agree with. Yes. Um, although back then you were still quite busy with uh, your graduation yes um maybe you can introduce yourself a bit yes so uh well luke and i have been friends for a long time we became friends because you put me in a program in the gray space yes uh, because at the time i was i had quite like a sort of more developed practice of playing life with like synthesizers and drum machines and so on And I think back then I was in my s first year, no, second year, maybe even, yeah, second year of of uh, my studies at the Sonology de Department, where I did the bachelor. And here I graduated, Haag, yeah. Yeah, yeah, here in Den Haag. And I graduated uh, last June. So Sonology is uh, part of the conservatory here in The, in the Hague. And it's uh, a department for... Um, Yeah, electroacoustic composition, computer music, sound art, sound studies, and so on. So that's where I learned a bunch of traits, got a bunch of knowledge. <laughs> yeah. And now I have a degree. Yay. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you also you also won a prize. Oh yeah, I did yeah. won a prize. <laughs> yeah. So congratulations. Thank you. Um, yeah, and um, it, in my life was just a, a bit busy the past year. I was actually getting much more back into making music myself um, instead of focusing on uh, making more podcast episodes. There was a time where I did them in a quite concentrated time frame and at some point felt a bit uh, overworked and a bit overwhelmed also with the workload that came with that. Because oftentimes you, you know, you record these episodes, but then you also need to edit them and upload them. And if you're a one-person operation, it, it tends to pile up quite a bit. And, and I decided to take a bit of a break from that um, and actually got more into doing radio shows again, which uh, initially was actually... The reason why I even started this podcast because I wanted to get away from doing radio. Ah, also then, yeah, yeah because I was just going to ask you about the intent yeah. of the podcast. The initial intent was really to create 
uh, a platform that has a bit of more of a loose framework mm. um, as opposed to a lot of radio stations. Yeah. Plus also giving myself um, a platform to get to know people a bit better in my surrounding. Um, acquaintances, people that I admire, uh, but that, that I haven't really had the chance to hang out with mm-hmm. yet. Um, and that has uh, bared a lot of fruits within that time that I did it. And uh, it felt much more rewarding to me to actually just be here and uh, be able to talk to people and exchange music instead of just being by yourself in a booth and, you know, playing yeah. your selections. And also the fact that there is a space to talk. I mean, actually, that really relates to kind of, you know, radio originally, which was a space to talk also. And exactly. it's not really anymore, at least in online radio, it's not really anymore. You just play music or not just, but you play music and you um, upload a track list afterwards. And then people can, I guess, just figure it out for themselves and do some Googling. But um, at, at least already for me, I noticed that with the selection I made for today of what I want to play was really decided by the fact that I know that I have a space to speak about it so I can contextualize it. Um, So I think this adds, this space to talk adds like a significant, it's a significant element. Yeah. Yeah. And then also obviously now we're trying to utilize the space that we have a bit more. Yeah. Um, so the, the physical space. The physical space. Of exactly, our home. Of our home, yeah. <laughs> um, which is a temporary home uh, also here in Den Haag where I've, where I've been for almost uh, two and a half years now and, and you joined me uh, a few months ago, two months ago, yeah. I think now. Um, and just also really feeling the urge and and uh, the... the um, how, how do you call that? Desire. Uh, the des- yeah, not, not not only the desire, but the the ur- yeah the urgency basically to to uh, civil duty the civil duty <laughs> to to make as much of the space as possible while we still can. Um, and I'm really happy also that you're that you've been pushing this a bit more because um, yeah, I I tend to be be a bit um, get a bit lost in my in my own head and my in my own craft. So it really helped that you moved in with me and that we now can do this uh, together and kind of motivate each other to to do more. Um, however, what I actually wanted to say before is that the, the interesting thing is that the reason why we now start this podcast again is the same reason why I initially started it <laughs> two years ago. Um, I kind of came full circle in my radio journey, um, trying to, to venture out again for a while and having similar experiences and coming back to that point where I was when I first started it. So, um, so maybe we can actually just uh, introduce the two tracks that we played now in the beginning. Um, so I started with a track by uh, Remo Seyland with the Laia Ensemble. How? Wait. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Remo Seyland, R E M E O. Sorry, R E M O. Remo Seyland. I'm writing it down. Yeah, with Laia Ensemble, and mm-hmm. Laia is L A Y A. Um, and it's on a great compilation that came out on the label Hollow Grounds uh, called Epiphanies. Um, I think it came out last year. Uh, it wasn't pre-ordered for a really long time, and I I was really waiting to finally get into all of these tracks. 
Because um, it was partly electronic and partly acoustic. I think so, so yeah. It sounds sound at like, least like yeah. it. Yeah. I'm not sure if I'm mixing this up, but I think Laia, they also performed at the Rewire this year. Or was that somebody else? I know that um, Earth Eater yeah. was performing with um, a group. One of them was on harp and... Like, oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, and they either had a really similar name, or it was yeah, them, yeah, but yeah. I'm not sure anymore. <laughs> Some people playing stringed instruments. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then you mixed this into a track that you've introduced me to recently that I've been kind of obsessed with for a while. Yes, it's this. So this is this. I'm gonna call everything a piece, by the way. Yeah. I'm not gonna say charts. Okay. Or yeah. I'm gonna call everything a piece. Yes. So I played this piece called Boat Woman Song by uh, a, a German composer called Holger Zukai. Um, and this piece is, is really interesting because also, it, I mean, we weren't, um, we didn't tell each other what our first tracks were, but uh, pieces, pieces. <laughs> pieces were, but um, they really sort of corresponded in, uh, I think, in their sort of tonality at least. Uh, uh, so the piece I played was from 1969. So it's very early minimalism and very early uh, exploration of uh, sampling techniques. And um, this piece uses a, a sample from a traditional Asian song uh, in a way that I think is really beautiful and self-reflexive. And uh, I think at the time they, it was also called very early world music. But how he did it was not in this naive um, you know, kind of Western uh, way. It's uh, it's he really uh, yeah he did his research and um, made a, a twenty minute piece yeah uh, of it and um, yeah so that ca- that was composed only three years after Steve Reich made uh, created one of the very first sort of minimal pieces. So, yeah, 1969. Yeah, tape insane. loops. Insa- yeah, tape loops. Um, <laughs> is is world music a, a term that you use? No. no well, yeah. I mean, no, I don't. Uh, we, I, I would really? say, like, generally you don't say world music yeah, anymore. We, yeah. We're kind of past that now. I hope which so. Which is nice. Yeah, so. <laughs> Except <laughs> for, actually, in, in music education, like in primary schools, and also, sec- uh, like, High schools, they still kind of do this, though. It's like you you do a semester of classical music, jazz, and world music. Yeah. So. Even though most of the 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 pieces that fall into that category are just folk music, basically. Yeah, I always say folk music. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. is actually much more accurate. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I I have a track lined up actually that I would like to play. Um, nice. It's more uh, recent piece um, by an artist called uh, Drone Operator, um, <laughs> well, also called Sim Card Holder. Um, oh, great! Two okay. names. Yeah. Um, and I've uh, discovered them recently flu- through um, Faulty DL's label called Blueberry Records, um, which for a while I thought was kind of not active anymore, but uh, it is apparently. I kind of just lost touch with it, I guess. And um, yeah, without further ado, I'm just going to play this track and we can talk about it later. Enjoy. (laughs) 
we go to Bishop. He started from, uh, you know, 1972. I don't like Bishop I don't like He was born on the 1st of November 1919 in a district called Rukunjiri. He was a primary and a secondary school teacher. He became a tourist in the whole of Kigezi. He accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. He became the evangelical the church priest. He fought for unity and democracy in the whole of Kigezi. He preached the gospel about Jesus Christ, about how to go and repent of their sins and they can forgive one another. He became the church priest in 1967. Then afterwards, he became the bishop in 1972. He started preaching the word of God from East Africa and he started the organization called, an organization called African Evangelistical Enterprise from here. He brought together the democracy within people and he emphasized about the tearing of Archbishop Jananir Rhum who was killed in 1977 by Idi Amin Dada. So he was free Then he came back to Uganda from exile in 1979 after Idi Amin also a track called Radio Kampala by an artist uh, called Gonzo um, came out on a little 7-inch uh, together with another track on uh, Sublime Frequencies I believe uh, the label Hilda taking notes <laughs> great 
Um, I, I, and I don't, I can't fact check this right now, but I think um, Sublime Frequencies is also run by one of the members from Sonar Raw, which is a psych rock band that I really like. It has been around for a long time. Um, and yeah, I mean, they they highlight a lot of artists from all around the world, um, from areas in, in Asia and Africa mostly. Um, also dig out some lost recordings of folk music sometimes and uh, always pair it with really beautiful artworks and photo photographs and and um, written documentation as well and then before that one yeah um, so what was the label called? Uh, Sublime Frequencies. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So before the Sublime Frequency, the, the Sublime Frequencies were mixed in, <laughs> I played uh, Terry Riley, which is, I'm just emphasizing the Sublime Frequencies because Terry Riley sort of worked um, uh, in a way like that whole movement with Terry Riley and Lamont Young and Mm, this drone music, uh, um, the, these developments in in drone music in uh, like seventies were linked to this idea of of sublime frequencies. Mm -hmm. um, so Terry Riley also comes from minimalism, just like Holger Zukai, the, the piece I played before, and. Uh, this particular composition he 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 played live uh, in cologne in the 70s because he 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 had a way of um uh, uh, imp improvising basically around uh or working with different modes but in the same key mm -hmm. if that makes sense so he he had all he 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 would just pick a key to play in and then had mostly had all these different modes uh uh, and he would use, um, in this case, a synthesizer. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think what, what what we're doing is that I'm kind of like complementing your contemporary research with my sort of also historical research practice. So that's we didn't mean to, but, it's no, but I think it's nice because <laughs> you came came very prepared, as you mentioned earlier, and and I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna try and wing it somehow, yeah, yeah. which is what I often do. Um, so but I will say one thing about what I came prepared with. Yes. So I'm trying to follow a bit of this uh, sort of musical postmodernist narrative. So, um, so after the Second World War, uh, there was this movement in music, which was ba basically countering uh, modernist music, which at the time was considered uh, serialism and such. Um, so uh, serialism was. Uh, a movement in music which was based on uh, first the um, uh, uh, breaking uh, with um, traditional tonality by Schoenberg, which was after the First World War. So he wanted to, you know, free chords, free the chords of, uh, you know, this um, hierarchy uh, and how they were 
this hierarchy of like having one central key and you know traditions so Schoenberg freed the court and then people took this in all kinds of very wild atonal directions and um, uh, this uh, music that is just incredibly difficult to listen to uh, and became very elitist also because yeah. of that and uh, the music I, I sort of wanted to bring today is countering Partly serialism as well as very traditional notions of tonality uh, and, and, and also traditional notions of what music is and what music isn't. So a lot of these questions that came up were, were uh, what is music, what is silence, what is noise, uh, what are uh, instruments we can use, uh, a lot of experimentation with um, the, the medium of, of, of live performance. Um, so yes, time span of like after the Second World War up until now-ish. Yeah. Yeah. Is this um, music and sound history that you also had within your uh, studies or is it something that you mo mostly got into yourself independently? I feel like I got, it, got into it when I was very young actually, like, I don't know. I remember being 14 and being very like systematic about what I was listening to because I, I have a background as a classical clarinet player so it's always been there's always been a, an interest in just trying to have an overview also because I really believe that this kind of re reflection can be a very useful tool of making something that is new of course yeah, yeah. in a way not that that's necessary at all uh, you don't need to make anything that's new uh, but uh, yeah. it helps because you're like well okay we did this 30 years ago time to move on <laughs> maybe exactly yeah yeah. Um, yeah. I wonder how many people are influenced by it unconsciously you know without actually knowing the history but just kind of picking up on 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 sounds or really going going to certain shows where people play that are also influenced by earlier pieces and I feel like there's a lot of different ways to approach this history, um, either directly by reading up on it and mm -hmm. listening to pieces or being indirectly influenced by it through other people and actually not really knowing what you're influenced by, but just still. Yeah, getting. I think, I mean, I think it's a slower process Yeah. Uh, when it's unconsciously, but it's for sure exists. It's just like you get, uh, it's just, it makes... I think it makes things move slow sometimes. So that's why I also think that we're still making drone music. Yeah. Because people aren't completely aware that actually 40 years ago, that's when drone music was huge. And now that there's a comeback. And generally, I think in, in, in cultural developments, you can, um, in the arts, you can see sometimes these comebacks over these particular time spans, which is exactly. But it's always, of course in a different context. So drone music now means something very different than it meant then. So that's always, it's always important to add that the context yeah, yeah. is yeah. different. Yeah, it's just interesting for me because I really haven't read a lot of music history. Um, most of the, the pieces and artists that I'm aware of and the history that I know came from just, you know, buying records and yeah. then looking up similar artists online yeah. and then kind of get it going down this rabbit hole yeah um 
and and then sometimes obviously if i would really be uh, be into a certain movement or a certain artist i would i would read up more on it but on them but uh most of the time it's really just uh listening and trying to figure out myself where influences came from and yeah and yeah. also yeah you have a very also very contemporary like a lot of pieces you play you're like this came out last year and i'm i'm making notes because i don't know these yeah yeah but that's fantastic yeah (laughs) yeah, we can educate each other exactly um speaking of which uh do you have something that you would like to play yeah i wanted i want to play actually a a classic so it's this piece from 1930 and it it was the first radio piece (laughs) considered the first radio piece so it was played at the I have like a little page here before I forget. Uh, at Berlin Radio Hour in okay. in nineteen nineteen twenty eight. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's a basically a collage, and I'm gonna play a little bit of it. I'm playing it off YouTube. Yes. Um, and Walter Rutman was not a musician, but a documentary maker because all these sound people came from film. Yeah. Initially. Wow. That's you. No, oh, that's, that's me. No, that's, that's you. Terry that's Riley. <laughs> Terry, Riley. <laughs> Terry, Terry Riley still playing. Shh, Okay, let's go. Bitte Döner 4240. Döner 
6, 13, 24, 89, 86, 80, 85, 86, 86, 90, 90.
So what is playing in the background right now? Uh, it's um, a piece by Sean McCann and it's called, it's from an album called Simple Affections and this one is called Camille Saint-Saint. So he works with, um, he collages musics and this one is based on Saint-Saint, who's a composer. Is this recent? Or ah, I think this is maybe five years old, something okay. like this. It came into my life like three years ago or something. Yeah, so this is quite recent. And what did you play before? Beautiful way to put it, it came into your life. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I played a um, track by an artist called Nudo. Nudo? Nudo, yeah. N-U-D-O. N-U-D-O. Yeah. And ah, um, yeah. so the track is called Roundup, Irrigated Desert. Um, it's from a from an album it's, that came out on Bandcamp. I believe they released it independently. I'm not sure anymore. Um, the album is called Quematrascos. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce it. And I, what it is, I believe, is a lot of uh, collages from... Uh, Mexican or South American radio stations Hmm. Um, like these really like exaggerated voiceovers and um, uh, like kind of advertisement um, voices and stuff like that and then mixed with with, um, music that will be played on these radio stations as well Um, I would actually say it's a montage montage, yeah. yeah yeah because it's very coherent yeah, what's the dif- difference? Or like I mean, to me, montage or that term really comes from the this uh, technique of putting various sounds together, yeah, editing okay. various sounds together, and and also this this piece I played by Walter Hopman, uh, this first radio piece. Um, these people that were making these montages that that is still a style which is very. Uh, still being developed now um these people came from cinema and from documentary making because they obviously they knew how to cut tape and the people that were working in cinema at the time they were working with sound also uh, or were trying to explore sound although in terms of technology the technology they were using in cinema was much more developed than the 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 technology that was available for sound. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, uh, there are also people that were doing cinema because actually they wanted to to record sound, but it was just too difficult. So they got fed up and they went into cinema and started making documentaries. Okay. And in music, people that were doing sort of newer kind of music were mostly exploring different ways of playing instruments still yeah yeah uh, so not so much uh what you would now call like field recording or like sampling mm-hmm. yeah so these sampling techniques come from uh, people that were working within like cinema and, and documentary making which yeah. is also yeah that's uh, the term montage is what i would connect to yeah movies yeah. basically yeah. like yeah um, editing footage and adding yeah and slicing and cutting s- slicing tape. and cutting exactly what we're doing now in DAWs that was done by hand and yeah yeah 
And so I, I asked you before, like off um, recording, uh, but uh, off the record. <laughs> but uh, he was he also doing uh, propaganda uh, uh, yeah, work. So yeah, he, so that was the 1930s, right? So then yeah. he was working and living in Germany, and uh, it's interesting because he came from Soviet montage theory. Uh, or he was inspired by this, and these people were all sort of communist, socialists. Uh, I'm scared to say that. At least they were socialists. Yeah. Okay, let's cut that out. I'm not 100% sure. He <laughs> came from Fine. Soviet montage theory, yeah. and then um, uh, where he learned how to, I guess, how to montage or like a certain kind of aesthetic mm -hmm. uh, in terms of sound and and, and his visual work and then uh, yeah then he he i mean uh, he be he be became a nazi basically yeah, yeah. yeah. so then he uh, because he was a documentary maker he was um doing a bunch of propaganda films as well uh he worked on very famous ones actually uh and uh, yeah he was he was killed because he was uh, on the front like he was killed at the front because he was uh like uh, shooting a film oh okay That's how he was killed, yeah yes. i thought he was actually like participating in, like as a soldier but well not as a soldier but he was there like yeah, shooting the yeah, film which yeah. I, I guess has almost a similar kind of status yeah um yeah making like a news reel okay um but he he was working for the nazis then yes yeah yeah okay um um yeah um completely drifting off that topic right now um but just because we were talking about uh film um and people working with, with film and, and sound and film um i have a piece here that i just um on an aesthetical level somehow connect what we just heard uh by an artist called uh, josiane posi um she's uh, based in the uk affiliated with the artist uh, Klein, for those of you who know her. Um, she's a filmmaker, and a, I believe, and a, an actor, and um, or actress. And uh, yeah, I just discovered this yesterday through a link on her Instagram account. Mm, it's the only release that's publicly available on her Bandcamp. And uh, I just uh, really liked it, so I'm going to play that now. <laughs> Thank you. 
Somewhere, somewhere with a lot of trees and there's a river. There's a brown river. Uh, on a boat, someone was staring at me. Think to know, Maddie and someone else. But that looks like a dugout canoe. We're going down the river, and it's about five canoes. We're not in a race. We're just trying to get to the other side. We got to the other side, we get to the other side, we pull up. And everyone's so hungry and we pull up and it's like a it's so pretty, it's so beautiful. It's like a like a small island. And it's a pretty like swap shop, but it's so nice. Swap shop off. And 
one goes out like this, so I asked her partner what she meant. And the partner's like, oh, she turned back. She was there, like, maybe a few, a few feet before we got to the, got to the spot, you know, got to the shoreline. But the shoreline was crazy because it was like, it wasn't like a beach shore, it was like the riverbed. Um, there was like a little cut in the river. And if you like turn that corner, you turn that corner, it's like covered by like trees and stuff. But if you opened it up, so this beautiful market and all these beautiful people, like this beautiful, these beautiful black people, like pinched, pinched lips. And they were, they were, they were like spirits. Like they, they were just riding their bicycles out of the water, out of the river water, up into the space. Like nothing, like there wasn't crocodiles and shit in the, in the water. They were just so calm, like they've been doing it for like centuries and like, just thinking of time, they were just vibing and it's so beautiful. We see this, we see this little hut and we're all laughing and joking. Jade is there too. I'm joking, he's ordering food. And I look, and I see Natalie's honey, human beads. And they're attached to the wall, attached up. There's like a timeline and some writing. And it was like, Natalie was, Natalie was here, Jay was here, Johnny was here, Vanessa was here. Zoe couldn't make it, couldn't passport. <laughs> he's expired. But I need to a year later. And, um, I took off my moon necklace, I tapped it, and I started riding. I remember I was riding the thing was deeper than it's ever been. But the love feels so much better. And I was really happy. Johnny was dead in the dream too. Landscape with Argonauts. Shall I speak of me, I of whom they are speaking when they do speak of me? I, who is it, in the rain of bird droppings and the height of lime, or else a banner, a <coughs> bloody rag, hung out, a fluttering. Or else I, a banner, a bloody rag, hung out, a fluttering, between nothing and no one, provided there is wind. Okay? I, scum of a man, I, scum of a woman, Platitude, pile on platitude. I, hell of dreams, called by my accidental name. I fear of my accidental name. My grandfather was an idiot in Boeotia. In Boeotia. My grandmother was an idiot in both of In Boeotia. 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 My grandfather was an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> an idiot. <laughs> My grandmother, my grandfather was an idiot in Boetia. In Boetia, whatever it is. 
in Boita. In Boetia. Boetia. What the fuck is this? Of a poetry, yeah, come on. Oh, excuse me, excuse me. Excuse me, hold on, I got to do something right now. Now, I'm going to charge you another $2 for this. You another. gave me this $2 for the kindness of your heart. Now, for the read, I charge you two more dollars. Okay, my man. Come on, let me read. Shall I speak of me, who, I mean, I, who, of whom are they speaking when? They do speak of me, I do is it. In the rain of birds, droppings in the hide of lime, or else I a banner of bloody, what's that word, rage, rag, hung out of. Man, listen, excuse me, excuse me, hold on, excuse me. I'm just paying this, boy, get out of the way. What's that word? What's that word? What's that word? Bloody. Twins, nothing and no one provides. There is when I scum up of. Wait a minute, hold it. Now, nah, I ain't reading that because I ain't no okay. scum. I, I, my sea boys. But I lost a lot of shit up here. I, I, want, I need to read all this, so this is what throw me out. A scum of a man, a scum of a woman. What's that? Latitude. Well, on latitude, I, I hell of dreams called by my accidental name. I feel my accidental name. Now give me two dollars. All right. Shall I speak of me? Shall I speak of who? Shall I speak of me? No, I don't. I do. I scum of a man. I scum of a woman. Shall I speak of me? I'm an owl. Is this how it ends? No, yeah, but then there's a different section, and I wanted to stop it for the different section. It kind of sounded like, before you introduce it, it kind of sounded like a TV segment. Yeah, from, right. from the 90s that you would see on, you know, like a late night TV station or like Adult Swim or MTV or something like that, you know, like something you would turn on your TV at like one in the morning and this is what will yeah, come on. Yeah, on. so. like these talk shows where you yeah, have yeah. like a little sort of jazzy, I yeah. Mean, yeah, I mean, the, the, the music is very much like what you would hear in a talk show, but then the content is much more obscure exactly. somehow. yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He, he like as a it's by Heiner Goebbels and he he I'm actually not sure whether he actually came from jazz but there's a lot of jazz influences in his work which I really perceive as something he does for comedic effect yeah like he's just playing and it's he he he's he works in um, contemporary musical theater mm -hmm. so he works a lot with uh, the combination of you know music sound and language and uh, visuals so and he he's been really pushing that since i don't know 80s 70s or something he has this one really wonderful essay called the aesthetics of absence and there's this one chapter which kind of sums it up and it says when you talk of a tree, you don't also have to show it. And I think this is something when I work interdisciplinary, I've always really followed. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, You've played this uh, piece uh, on one of your, or even the first radio show? My first, my Wait, very first, first radio, show. radio show, yes. Three years ago, you <laughs> yes. said. It doesn't seem like that long ago, but okay, it's been three or years. Or two, but like two, two and, and a half or something, yeah. On operator radio yeah. in Rotterdam. Yeah. Um, has has this also influenced your graduation work? So much, yeah. I think so. Maybe you can't necessarily hear it, but like a lot of works actually I brought today have been super influential. Mm. And this, the first time I heard this, I I thought it was so funny, and uh, but also it went very deep, and I didn't, I was confused. And yeah. I don't know, it, it triggered all all sorts of emotional responses, and um, yeah, I think it's a. Heiner Goebbels, yes. Yeah, that that yeah. humor and uh, also the vulnerability of the people that are being interviewed that have to read these segments um, is what I can hear in your in yeah. your pieces as well. Yeah. And uh, so that's also why I'm asking. Yeah. It's difficult to explain it, but uh, I think the listeners will uh, listeners of this podcast will get to hear that piece at some point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so before that, uh, I played piece by i'm just go also going to say piece from that one so yes. it, it it works better yeah. um by tweaks um tweaks t-w-e-a-k-s um she's a uh, young artist uh, that i also found on, on Bandcamp. um a lot of her tracks are a bit more beat driven but then there was this one uh piece that i really liked called crocodile rivers and I feel like for everybody who has um, recorded or who have recorded their dreams in the past, documented them on their phone in the morning when you're in this half-conscious state, I feel like it resonates a lot. At least I can hear myself in that recording as well. Because um, for, for a long time, it was a practice that I would really try to maintain on a, on a daily basis. Um, have lost it a bit in the past few months, but whenever I remember um, my dreams more or less vividly I try to document them and that's kind of how you end up sounding um, and also quite interesting to then listen back a few days later and completely having completely forgotten what you actually talked about in that mm. moment <laughs> mm. um, so yeah uh, so also this and she yeah she so she recorded her voice and then instrumentals complementary sort of electronic yeah um I, I think that's how it was composed at least yeah because it sounds it, like it it sounds very much like that that recording happened just in the moment when yeah when she when she had just woken up somehow because yeah. you also hear her like yawning in, the, yeah, yeah, in yeah, between yeah. and yeah kind of half remembering certain things um yeah. and i mixed this in into something you played yeah i played something do you remember did i play um it was also kind of uh, it felt like a cons like kind of construction sounds or something in the back oh, in yes. the city. Uh, and then uh, I played Michael Pissarro. Mm. Yes, so I played a piece by Michael Pissarro called Fields Have Ears, which okay. is in total, it's like an hour piece. Uh, Michael Pissarro is a guitar player, composer from the States. Uh, I think now he's maybe also 50. And um, he's part of this really wonderful collective called the Wandelweiser Collective, which is mm -hmm. sort of like a post-cage kind of thing. So they took... Wandel, how do you... Wandelweiser. Wandelweiser. Yeah. So okay. it's a lot of European, also Swiss, German composers that took um, some ideas of, of cage and such. For example, um, 
this uh, his his ideas regard regarding silence and noise yeah and um really made that into uh musical material uh so silence is not just like a conceptual philosophical fetish or something but <laughs> yeah. it really becomes a uh, uh, material and noise as well uh, and they often make pieces of quite long durations and uh, yeah michael pissarro does a lot of field recording mm. yeah which is just a term i wanted to just throw out there because i have a field recording practice you have a field recording practice more or less yeah. more or less I'd say you do. Okay. Uh, even when it's <laughs> rec recording dreams, I, I consider That's that also true. field recording That's practice. True. So I wanted to maybe so see if we could do a bit like a, with field re people that do field recording or uh, work with sound and environment. Yeah, exactly. Whatever that environment may be, which is also can also be digital environment, like sampling yes. techniques. Um, so I think that's why also I played Michael Pissarro. Um, and I remember sending this to you at some point because I sent you a bunch of music to listen to on low volume. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and Michael Pissarro was also there. Because this is something that I really witnessed for the first time uh, consciously at your place. <laughs> I remember visiting you in, your, in the last apartment where you lived and... Um, we had we had a conversation. I was constantly really sure if there was music playing in the background or yeah. not, or if I if I was making it up in my head, or if it was some sort of sound frequency leaking through the window. Uh, until you revealed that you were just playing music on really low volume. Yeah. And I've uh, kind of tried to embed that into my life since then. So. Yeah, it's yeah. basically playing with space and spaces. So you have the window open, so you have the sound from outside. Yeah. Then you have some sounds from inside the building whether that's us talking or neighbor neighbors and then you have for example a piece by michael pissarro playing on very low volume exactly. uh, and then it's all starts because i was doing a lot of or think trying to think a lot about sound and space and sound and environment so that's why yeah it really creates an atmosphere yeah I yeah. yeah yeah without being too intrusive yeah exactly yeah, yeah. um yeah so i was actually just looking up something in the meantime yes. um and it's a it's a piece um, by Sun An. Um, that's like sun, like the sun shining, and uh, A N <laughs> has a second word. Um, an artist who I believe is based in California, hmm. um, and and they've uh, released they've released a uh, an album on Bandcamp called Two on a Raft. And this specific piece is called the Dining Tables. Um, I do not remember what it actually sounds like but i like the whole album as a whole so it can't really go wrong and uh, yeah enjoy this the dining tables of the dining hall there was a little preview chant that you can tell yourself before you a gray area. 
career in science, but there is a lot of studies that shows that your body is better able to absorb the nutrients of the food if you show it respect and love. What we are hearing right now is um, the drums.
brushing my teeth. Nah, I'm getting out of bed. No, I'm checking my phone at all the things I missed out on while I slept. Now I'm brushing my teeth. No, I'm stretching my arms all the way up. Turn on the light. Look at my face. Scene two. Long walks are necessary if the body will allow it. I can spot a friend blocks away based on their walk alone. Bounce. A skip. Hop. Shuffle, knock-kneed, bow-legged, pigeon-toed, slow and steady. I love you, I love you. I have to go. Always in a rush type people. Scene three. I'm in bed alone thinking of nothing. Scene four. I'm sitting on a park bench thinking about old shit. Scene five. I'm walking home excited. I remember I got weed at home. It's cool, hot, foggy, misty, musty, damp, rainy, humid. It's freezing, hold me, it's cold weather outside. Get off me, it's too hot weather. Stay near me weather. I forgot my umbrella weather. Scene six. I'm home again, staring out the window, missing phone calls. If you called me, I missed you. I miss you. Scene seven. I'm sleep. Dreaming of all the lives I've lived in one day, in 17 days, all the possibilities of 48 months. I can hear the sky before I see it in my dreams. No more scenes.
not at all nice for you. But there's a sound that is uh, reduced. It doesn't make any noise inside. So um, even using these electronic uh, equipments, if they are used properly or use the right volumes, the right le level of combinations, it usually helps you come inside. We use microphones for for other people, and the usual the usual um, things you cannot control. Uh, sometimes they don't work. Sometimes, uh, and then we have to call someone to fix it because we cannot fix it ourselves because we can't. It's just uh, the usual. It's better to have Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Novena prayer to the infant Jesus of Prague. O divine child of Prague, and still the great omnipotent God, I implore through your most holy mother's most powerful intercessions, and through the boundless mercy of your omnipotence as God, for favorable answer to the
mais. Olha a imagem. Looking in from the outside. Each person is talking alone. Opinions are lost in here. They are sliding out of existence. What remains?
distance open the head pulling slowly an uncanny image flutters smells the same then Bolting memories collide Twitch Yes Yes um, <laughs> Very unexpected uh, beautiful ending from your part um, Maybe we should first go five tracks. Yes, before back. we start talking about this, yeah. we should go a bit back. That's true. Um, so as I said earlier, I was I played a piece by Son An, um, and then you mixed in uh, Graham. Was it Graham Lampkin? No, or was that early, was that I later? Uh, I think I mixed in a piece by Justin Bennett. Oh, yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah, so I mixed okay. in a piece by Justin Bennett called Flows of Money. Yes. Um, which is, is made with um, material that was reco he recorded in, um, uh, in somewhere in Rome <laughs> for yeah. some kind of sound art festival conference. Uh, so Justin Bennett used to be one of my teachers and he, ah, okay. he uh, works a lot in uh, this field recording field yeah. and with sound and space and he comes from the fluxus movement which was quite uh, big in the Netherlands uh, and was generally sort of big in the 70s and 80s yeah yeah indeed in music and we're exploring sort of unconventional yeah, musical practices, performance practice, practices. Um, yeah, so yeah, he, yeah. He, so this this material, the musical material, material in this case are field recordings. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I afterwards mixed in a track by Umfang. Um, she's based in New York, yeah. and vocals on there are by Diamond Stingley. Um, I don't know this person, but uh, just yeah, there was this track with um, called "Scene," yes. uh, multiple scenes, <laughs> multiple scenes of a person's life. You know, I I really enjoyed this track, except for that at some point the piano loop became like was dragging a bit. Yeah, I agree. It's like okay, it, it's obvious we're sad. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Give me a give me something else in a, I agree. a minor third. I but agree. no shade. I like the track. It's just I have a, a neurological response actually yes. to to certain harmonic cliches. It's not my fault. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I agree. Um, yeah. I still enjoyed it quite a bit. I thought the. Uh, the flow of words was quite interesting. Oh yeah, yeah, it was. It's very beautiful. Pleasant to listen yeah. to how she went in and out of rhythm. For somehow. definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then we had Graham Lampkin. Yes. Then we had Graham him. Lampkin, yeah. which, well, for both of us, is an important composer. Yes, indeed. Yeah. But I only I didn't know you. He was important to you as well. 
Yeah, I actually re I got this whole like box set. Yes. Of, like, <laughs> actually, Lucas, a fanboy. <laughs> actually, I'm a fanboy. <laughs> actually, I spent a lot of money on this box set. So <laughs> it's like it was also it was also kind of funny because for in all this time that I've been buying records for the past eight years or so, I've um, box sets have always been something that I made fun of. Yeah. Because I was like, this is really only something that collectors would get yeah. you know and i don't really see myself as a collector i just enjoy music and i like having records as um just media to play music with you know or music on and um but i've been kind of a big um fan yeah of of graham lampkin's label called kai uh, k-y-e which is now defunct um but uh, it was kind of the, the a gateway to me to open up a whole world of uh, avant-garde and more experimental music mm. that I didn't really have access to before, um, and also to to field recording um, and 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 tape loops and yes. you know just uh, experimentation with sonics generally and mm. and voice and so. Um, I, I hold his work and everybody who's been on this label like dear to my heart. So I was really happy that um, blank, what was it? Uh, blank Forms Edition. Sorry, my eyes are so bad. I can barely see the box from here. Um, released now this uh, box set of um, kind of his most uh, important records. Um, I, I just wanted to say one thing. Wait, <laughs> sorry. No, no worries. It's just that um, he has like, Graham Lamp. I'm going to his. I'm on his website because he has such like a really beautiful description of his music that I really like. Can I read it? Yeah, of course, okay. please. So it says Lampkin's art explores the metaphoric properties of the yeah because he comes from visual art, like mm -hmm. the drawing medium in which the abstract and figurative perpet. Perpetually, <laughs> perpetually shapeshift across contrasting visual planes, uh, thereby undermining the expected categories of image content. But um, it's okay. We cut that out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or we okay. will just, we'll just uh, okay. leave it in. No, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah whatever. Yeah. And then by turns somber and celebratory, Lemkin's visual idiom explores themes of environment, ecology, and decay with a poetic news, nuance, nuance that betrays the weight of its subject matter. Yeah. So I think this is something he does in his music as well. So this uh, environment, ecology and decay. I think decay is most audible to me in most yeah. of his pieces, yeah. personally. That's yeah. just my perception. But like his field recording pieces, is that's acoustic ecology. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's this kind of like... Mu his music is very like this holy trinity of like music language and environment mm. to me yeah, yeah. yeah and then he does have a bit of like a somber decay kind of yeah kinda without aesthetics. being too much on the nose no not yeah, at yeah. all not like yeah. the this the kind of like minor third piano loop no it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly I, I wanted to say, i wanted you to say it again so i okay. gave you i gave you a cue thank you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you like a bit of beef yeah bit of let's get beef. some beef thanks going yeah so yes, Graham Lampkin, big man. Um, he has he always smiles in his pictures. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, most noticeable yeah. smile. Uh, but also like with bottles of beer in the background. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and then yeah, what? and then what exactly? So afterwards, 
Um, I played a piece by uh, another favorite of mine, uh, Terry Templitz. Hmm. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with no. Terry's Terry. work. So T-E-R-R-E. Yeah. Um, also goes by the name of DJ Sprinkles. Um, has been, wow, has been making music for a really long time. I think ever since the 90s. Um, done a lot of house music. Mm. Um, but then parallel to that also had a, a sound practice that went much more into like long pieces, um, also field recording as you could hear here. I think that was a visit um, she did to uh, a church um, and then kind of interviewed the nuns there, how, they, how their sound practice looked like because they had um, a speaker set up in there that they did... Um, um, the masses with basically and I think they had some issues with acoustics and, yeah. and she kind of helped them out like treating the room or something yeah I'm not 100% sure but um, you can you can see an excerpt of this on YouTube and I think also um, as part of a video that came out on Resident Advisor actually which is very surprising because I generally don't like their output um, but there's a more beef yeah more beef <laughs> fuck Resident Advisor <laughs> Omar S, the Omar <laughs> S album, Fuck Resident Advisor, actually exists. Yeah. Um, but so on Resident Advisor, there's this documentary called Terry Templates Give Up on Hopes and Dreams. And it's a one hour um, documentary on her work um, mm. and the collaborators and her life uh, in Japan as, a, as a, an American person. Mm. Um, I think she's migrated there years ago. And I just, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm, I really love her, her musical album. Yeah, generally. it was also this bit where she was speaking of silence and then it went silent, like this yeah. very sort of self-reflexive yeah. practice, uh, uh, which creates very unexpected, I don't know what to call it, very unexpected situations for me, at least in exactly. music, because I, I, I think we're very used used to that when we watch a film, but still not so much. Yeah. Like it, doing that in music is actually really hard. I tried, or I try, but it's yeah, it's difficult. Exactly, and it's very documentary, representational, which we've been playing a lot uh, today. Yeah, uh, because I think we're both quite fascinated and intrigued by it. Also, because it's still so much in development and perceptually for our brains, it's still very strange Indeed. to hear all these things and see nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. basically. Yeah, there's also a whole, um, just to, to add to what I just said before, there's a whole um, interview also on Repu Music Academy um, with Terry Tamlitz, where she also talks about um, uh, kind of keeping the dynamics in her music. So really, kind of, she never really worked with, works with limiters, for example. Yeah. Um, yeah. So also, if you listen to any of, of her uh, more clubby records, more house records, they're all quite quiet, the tracks, mm, yeah. um, in order to, to keep the dynamics. And they may not sound amazingly in a club setting, yeah. but as a, li as a piece to listen to, it's yeah. fantastic. Mm. Uh, much more pleasant than a lot of other electronic tracks that have yeah. been released in the yeah. past years. Yeah. Um, just to add uh, that. Um, yeah, and then... And then I mixed in as a surprise... 
uh, a piece that is actually an edit of a way larger piece that Luke and I did together in in 2020. 20, I'm pretty sure it was 2020. It was during yeah. the pandemic. It was during the pandemic yeah. and Luca was uh, curating at the Gray Space at the time. And uh, these um, pieces that were meant, yeah, yeah, or performances that were meant to be live streamed. Yeah. And then... He, uh, yeah, you asked me to curate an evening or to help you curate, and then I, I responded, let's just make one piece with several people mm -hmm. rather than have like different, like a lineup with separate acts. So I asked a bunch of people to, uh, who I, most of them were my friends, to whether they wanted to play together. Yeah. Uh, without really rehearsing. So a lot of them were also really good improvisers. And um, uh, and uh, this and I wrote a score for them, which was guided by a, uh, a poem that you wrote. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, which was also kind of based on dreamscapes, um, dreaming generally. Yeah. Um, and and then yeah, that piece ended up uh, being called "Ghosts Appear Occasionally." Yes. Um, yes. Which and is also one phrase in the in the poem. Yeah. It's weird to say poem. I've never written a poem in my life, but this apparently or prose. was... prose. Yeah. It was sort of yeah, prose. prose. exactly. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that became a one and a half hour piece that I always also considered as musical theater simply because it was live streamed and filmed. Indeed. And because the the, the person who spoke, Wraith, they, they were in full, you know, sort of drag, like wearing a really long cloak, and at some point they took it off, and uh, yeah. uh, we had... Uh, yeah that <laughs> yeah uh, it was it yeah. was a very intimate experience i yes. would say especially because there was no live audience well at least not in the space yeah. physically and because it was pandemic and we hadn't been we had we did not have rehearsals all together no. we so i rehearsed with people sort of separately but a lot of people didn't know each other and i don't know it was just nothing was happening in terms of very little was happening in terms of live music so yeah the fact that we were able to do that then was quite sort of special, special but also I, I feel like I don't remember it. it Me neither. Yeah. I actually, I was really surprised when I heard this piece. Now. Yeah. It was like almost, a me like really a memory yeah. came back to me. It was a me. really strange, it was super trippy. Also, I remember yeah. doing it was very trippy. Yeah. Also, because like this gray space basement. Yeah, for <laughs> the ones that don't know yeah. it. Yeah, it's like a, you're in a basement. It's really, a it's a concrete room. With like um, a big setup, sound coming from everywhere. Suddenly, all these musicians in this room just hoping you're not infecting each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it was it was really um, well recorded. Also, I have yeah. to I have to give props to Vincent. Yeah. Sorry, Vincent. I'm mixing yeah. Vincent with my friend Vincent. Anyway, Vincent. Yeah. Um, who who yeah who recorded the whole and uh, mixed the whole piece and and uh, he he did a great job. I yeah. think it really sounds good. Yeah, I and agree. Yeah. Even the whole recording is online. The whole recording is online on Bandcamp. On Ghost, Bandcamp. Ghosts appear occasionally. Yeah, is that still is that on your oval? Yes, Bandcamp that's on my, yeah. oh, Yes, yes. Uh, oval also a I guess now defunct um, label that mm -hmm. you ran during the pandemic. Yeah, I wouldn't even call it a label. Or just like I just a, needed a Bandcamp page. Yes, just some kind yeah. of output. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's on there. Because yeah. back then you had a room at your disposal. Yes. A studio. And I was making, uh, curating sort of con very small concerts. And, and then recording them live. Yeah. yeah. Great. Yes. Um, yeah, I think uh, that's a good way to wrap up. This I think first, so too. This what feels Full like the circle. first episode. 
yes. um, in a really long time. Uh, episode 20, actually, which is also yeah. kind of great, like starting a new yeah. a new series. And I uh, suggest we cut nothing. So we leave all the bits in where I say, please cut this. If yeah. I make a mistake, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that's that's fact. fine. Yeah. That's, That's fine. fine. Um, we all we all make mistakes. Yes. Um, but uh, we have some really exciting guests coming up. Yes. Um, not going to re- reveal anything right now, but um, really happy to bring this back to life. Um, you can find us as always um, at offcenter.online, both on Instagram and as a website. And um, if you want to donate, you can do that. Um, either by supporting us by buying the releases or donating via the link on the website. Um, all money that is being donated goes back into productions and into paying for travel costs for the artists that are going to visit us and um, setting up events. So uh, you're supporting a good cause yes. and the, the development of the platform. And maybe... You want to be on the podcast. Exactly. Because, you know, it's all about the exchange, not about us. Yeah. Yeah. We're very very open. Yeah. Please send us a message. Yes. Um, there is both an email address and there is also the possibility to send us a message on Instagram. We try to check the channel more or less regularly. So, And you can find both of us as well on Instagram separately at val.clip val.clipp and at scene1997 which is I think scene.1997 or what's the yeah. handle? scene.1997 yeah. underscore okay. something like yes. that. Yes, you'll find it. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> have, a, have a wonderful day and um, see you soon. Hear you soon. Bye-bye. Off. Center. Off. Center. Off. Center.